it's time for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. In this episode, the guys review Azul Queen's Garden, Port Royal, Dog Lover, and Polynesia. Plus, they will give us details on the Gen Con Strike Tournament. A couple things here, listeners. Isn't it dice in a bowl? And I believe I heard Marty saying Port Royal. Two things. Uh, number one, you're right. Dice in a bowl. 100% agree, even though Tony may not. And you're also 100% right. I said Royale instead of Royal. It's $5 to somebody, I guess. Hello and welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode number 238, Caribbean Queen. I'm Tony. Ding! That's $5. And I'm Marty. Why is that $5? Caribbean Queen? It's episode 258. Oh, 258. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's episode 258, so... Yeah, they fly by so fast, you just lose track of what number it is. And do you say Caribbean Queen and not Caribbean Queen, which is the way Billy Ocean sings the song? Hold on. Is that Billy Ocean? That's just off the top of my head. Yes. Oh, I know my 80s songs. There you go. Because it's Caribbean Queen, not Caribbean Queen. Just saying. No, I was listening to it earlier, and I just said, well, I better cover both bases because, well, I've already screwed up by the numbers. That's okay. <laughs> and everybody was on typing, it's 250. Oh, Marty fixed it. Oh, Dang it. Man. I think we actually had some issues last last episode we did, but I don't, I breezed over it in the Discord. I said, somebody's calling us out for something. I don't care. Marty can take it. Oh, yeah. we did something wrong. Yeah, yeah. You, you have your, uh, basically we have Tony like appear in the Discord, like up, appear like once a week. So it's it's just a surprise visit whenever he shows up. I'm there every night reading. Doesn't mean I have to post. You're lurking. Got it. Am I lurking? Is that what yeah. that is? Yeah, when uh, you just, they're reading, but not uh, contributing to the discussion. There's nothing to, for me to contribute. Let's face facts. I mean, we're, we're talking fitness here. We're talking colonoscopies. We've got long, I I did commit to a flow chart of a lawnmower, purchasing a lawnmower. This I got to see. I'm very curious to see what you come up with that. And I've well, got the hiccups all of a sudden. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. It just came out of nowhere. Well, the decision tree, uh, the first step is, do you have a lawn? Okay. That's a good one. That's okay. a good first start. That's and if not, start. just jump straight to the end. Yeah. End. No. Okay. You don't. Need, that's decision number one. Decision number two, do you want to mow your lawn? Oh, I, I see where you're going with this. Very nice. And if you say no, then the next block, if you say no, the stop is fine neighborhood kid. Okay. All right. It's not going It's not going to be long drawn out, but. Well, I'm really curious to see when you get to the type of more electric versus gas powered or riding versus uh, push or walk behind. Well, this is, that's a good point. I, I was going to go on the right. See, I've already thought through it. That's what's sad. So y'all. He puts no other time into this show, but Dadgum, he's gonna sit there and think about the lawnmower fi- uh, uh, flowchart. That's well, you know, when I was thinking about that push versus ride, it is do you like to exercise? And I'm mm, like, well, okay. would someone find that a problem, or do you want to exercise? And that's the yes, no on that answer. Gas or electric? Do you enjoy the smell of exhaust fumes? <laughs> I mean, come on, this isn't that difficult of a flowchart if you start thinking about. It. Now, if you want to start talking about brands and things like that, uh, that may make it a little bit uh, more difficult. So, uh, so when, when do you think we might see this flowchart? What, what, what's the uh, ETA on that thing? Oh, let me finish all my other little projects that we got going on here. I mean, you got me going and doing this online or that online or better yet, 
How about, um, let's see, what, what do I have going on right now? There's some other little project that I got. Oh, oh yeah, the neighborhood. Oh, I did something really silly. Did you sign up for something? I did. What'd you sign up for? You were looking at the neighborhood assessment czar. What does that mean? I was asked, since I did such a great job converting the neighborhood over from um, DSL to, to um, semi-fiber. Okay, yeah. They asked me to lead all the groups that are responsible for the pool, for the um, docks, for the, when they call it the toy lot where they store all the stuff. I have to lead all those groups and have them produce budgets and projects and things like that and present it to the board on a monthly monthly basis. I said, I, I can do this. I'm fine with that. I forgot to ask him one question. What? What night is the board meeting? If you say Thursday, then you have to go and back out of this thing. I've committed it's Thursday. So y'all see, this is the crap we have to deal with. We have established game times and we have established Thursday for years. I know. And yet, and yet here's the thing. Here's a volunteer, which why would anybody even want to do this? You don't I get know. paid. What What is the whole goal of this? I don't know. And you say yes. That was the one question. I didn't even think to ask that one okay, question. Wh- why do you even want to do this? What What sort of reward? What are we getting out of this? Is it power? Do you just like the power? No, it's not about power. It's making sure that the neighborhood spends its money wisely on oh all the projects Lord. we See, need. y'all, this is why I want to move out somewhere by myself with my own land and not have to deal with anybody. I understand you want to be a loner little hermit. That's yes, fine. My goal. All right, so hold on. So this is this is once a month. Once a month, the last Thursday of the month. All right, so this is a personal message uh, to Bert, Mark, and sometimes Nate. Y'all be ready. Once a month, we have to move our game night to Wednesday night. Yes, or or I look, I screw it up so badly for the next three months they get somebody else in there. To oh do my it. gosh, he won't. He won't. For y'all, next year, year after, we're gonna be hearing stories. From this position that he now owns. So uh, I'm already wanting to back out because somebody on Facebook, which I'm never on, I don't do Facebook. Sure. And they were saying, well, you need to send that picture to McCree. And I'm like, I could, why are you sending? I'm not your facilities um, do it yourself or guy. I'm just the guy who's going to pull together the, I could care less that there's black mold in the gym. Put it in the budget to fix it. And, oh, oh, it's just, and oh, and the pool. Oh, heaven forbid we deal with the pool. And I'm like, oh, what are you people? The pool has a leak. Well, they can't fix the leak. And I'm like, why can't they fix it? See, y'all, this is it. This is all we're going to hear about. He's going to be grumpy and share about all these. And y'all, so I apologize. I will make sure in future show notes to timestamp. Tony's anecdotes of being some sort of assessments are. Have they never heard of, uh, what's the new leak tape? The specialized tape there where they put the tape on the bucket and seal the leak? Like, that's uh, not- that? I, I, they got that spray too. You know, the yeah. spray where they spray the, uh, the screen door? Yeah. And you can make a boat out of it? Uh-huh. I'm like, how hard can this be? If it works on TV, it's got to be true. Speaking of timestamps, we have I, just This is something else doing- I want to complain about. Go ahead. Uh, Oh, my good Lord. So I just happened to find out on our website, we have the way to embed links within our timestamps. Now, for everybody who listens to our show, in case you don't know, we have show notes in the notes of our show. 
show notes in the notes of our show. That's called redundancy. Uh, the very first thing we have listed are basically all the timestamps of everything, of all of our reviews and silly things that we do during a show. I thought it'd be so cool if at some point in time you could just like click and it goes straight to that point in the audio and listen from there. Well, found out there is a way to do that. So there is a, a way to put code within the web page to where, so for example, if you want to skip Tony's future assessment czar, maybe go to minute 506, We'll have a link where you hit 506 that goes to the next segment and the audio should jump straight to there if you're listening on the web page. And I thought that was pretty stinking cool. That is cool, dear. You want to teach me how to do it? Uh, yes, it is literally just syntax. And you can look at uh, what we've what I did last week as far as an experiment, what I did on the previous episode, 250, well, 256 and 257 should have it. So yeah, it's very, very simple. It's just wrapping literally some words around a, a time. That's it. Well, 257 with uh, Berkey uh, talking to us about game toppers and the stress and anxiety he has had right. getting that product to market. It's not going to have that many timestamps. No, but it will. And if people just want to jump straight to the Rankum section, they can do that. Yeah. Rankum will be in there. And as they saw, they'll have like the, where he talks about the supply chain issues. And then if you want to hear about his current Kickstarter, you can mm -hmm. just skip there. And then the Rankums that were. Purely, as you know, from listening to 257, off the cuff. But they were brilliant. I, I'm sorry, we were brilliant with those. Wow, listen to that. He's just patting himself. Mr. Assessment's over there. He's patting himself on the back about that. All right, I'm so the, here's I'm another. the AC of the neighborhood, the assessment czar. <laughs> he's got kind of like a little crown or something I'm sure he's going to start wearing. I'm, I'm going to have a jacket. I'm going to have a jacket with it. You know how you do with like in an emergency? You can wear these jackets. We have them at, at Duke for our incident commanders. Oh, yeah. So everybody knows you're important. I don't care. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. So here's something else, y'all. Uh, another big change coming to our show. For years, we have used the site Pod Pledge for people to be able to support the show. And we did a couple big campaigns with that. And we really haven't pushed it anymore. Reason being is, I don't know, with everything going on with the pandemic and everything, it's like, you know what, let's just... Let's just chill for a bit. Well, Pod Pledge, which was run by Chaz Marler, um, it's kind of like sunsetting. He still is very gracious to let our let us run our stuff on his site, and we really uh, appreciate that, Chaz. But we want to give him a break so he doesn't feel like he has to support that anymore. So we're moving to a new platform. And Tony and I have looked at a bunch of different ways that people could be able to support the show. And the, the things that came up over and over again when we did surveys was, Half the people want to do it like a one-time donation. Half the people want like recurring. So we had to find something that can make everybody happy. Like for example, Patreon is basically a subscription-based thing and not a one-time thing. People run Kickstarters for like a one-time thing, but people want subscription. So we've settled upon, and this is a smaller site, but it's it's very well known for a lot of people. It's just not as big as buymeacoffee.com. Now the beautiful thing about this website is that it supports membership levels, uh, which we'll have. It supports just like a one-time donation that you can get where it's it's going to be based on. So, oh, by the way, the link to this page is going to be, y'all ready for this? Buymeamoonpie.com. You want to support the show, head over to buymeamoonpie.com. And you'll be able to, one of the things you can do is like an individual support thing is just, hey, I want to buy you guys a moon pie. And you can just like, it's almost like a tip jar sort of deal. And the only reason why it beat 
exitplan.com was. Exitplan was probably already taken. <laughs> exit, exit strategy. Exit, exit strategy. Yeah, exitstrategy.com. A little too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah, so we got three levels right now. So we got like a squirrel level, which is like a $1 per month level. And we got the next level is help, help us pay for our mistakes, which is $5 uh, per month because, you know, we make mistakes <laughs> in the show. Uh, you, we can help uh, pay for our, cover our mistakes. And, and there's a lot. And then our $10 per month level is basically our grumpy level. It's like... Why, why am I? Why am I doing this? It just makes me so irritated that I'm supporting these guys like that. So it's called the grumpy level. Now, Tony, right now we don't have a lot. We don't. Okay, let's put it this way: we have no rewards for any of these levels, right? We're just kind of putting it out there. We're just going to see what kind of traction we get. If in the future we do have some sort of uh, rewards for the different tiers, you will be backfilled those rewards. It'll be retros, you know, retcon. So we'll make sure that if we do something, and and we're talking to. Uh, maybe uh, Berkey about doing some things. We, we have some ideas, but trust me, if we add like a reward to a certain level, if you are already there, you will get it. Okay. So don't feel like you, you'll, you'll be missing out on something. And I know one thing that's going, the gentleman who hosts our um, t-shirts um, outside. Oh place, yes. Sir Maple. Yes. He's got some promos and I've always wanted to do this. So I'm really anxious about him putting together. And I think we, we missed the deadline to get some samples for us. But I, I like challenge coins. Challenge coins, yes. Uh, buttons are fun. Uh, they have several things. So we can work with Sir Meeple. Uh, and I don't know people, we don't promote our stuff at all, Tony, like we I should. SirMeeple.com, you can actually go buy RDTN t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a bunch of different versions of them. And he really does a great job working with us, coming up with new ideas. So we never promote that. Like we never promote, we forget, always forget to say, hey, you like a good gaming chair? Go to ewinracing.com and you can get 30% off any chair for using RDTN. I guess we should have like little segments that highlight all that stuff. But anyway, y'all. Yeah, metallic buy dice. Me, we got metallic dice. Metal, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, buy me a moonpie.com is how you get there. But there's one other thing, Tony, that it also supports. And this was important too. We can actually set up events that people can buy tickets to and attend and we have one a big event that occurs every year that it, that we haven't had since 2019. The floor is yours. Gladiators in arena are going to go defend their honor at the annual strike tournament at Gen Con. That's right. On Thursday night at 5.30 p.m., we will be at the Old Spaghetti Factory in the private room um, hosting up to 100 of our closest friends, families, neighbors, whoever wants to buy a ticket. To this event. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> We've got some. He, he really builds that up, y'all. It's like uh, you, you get really excited. It's like, whoever wants to buy a ticket, it's there if you want. You ain't got nothing else to do on Thursday night. You might as well show up there. Important thing to note that this is uh, it's $25, just so everybody knows, $25 per person. And this includes, first off, coming into the spaghetti factory. So there's your door fee. But it also includes a salad. It includes your choice of either spaghetti with a meat sauce or lasagna. Don't get both. Just get lasagna or spaghetti with a meat sauce. And if you have certain dietary restrictions, um, they can accommodate as necessary. They've done it in the past for some for individuals. 
It includes a dessert, a special ice cream that goes very quickly. Everybody loves that ice cream. Mm-hmm. It includes your choice of either coffee, tea, or milk, or soda. Soda is included? Soda is included. So soda, coffee, okay. tea, or milk. Alcohol is not. That is on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we're trying to line up with some of our uh, beautiful sponsors, various yep. gifts. Um, I'm not a big fan, but we hope we may have a big sweepstakes. I'm sure we'll try to do something there, but it's hard telling. We'll see what can happen. It's He's Thursday. not a big fan of giving stuff away. I'm a big fan of giving things. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of sloughing stuff over there. <laughs> well, that's why we have publishers as guests. <laughs> it's like, Hey, can you bring that stuff with yeah. you when you come? Uh, you're donating um 20 of those okay what we'll hey, hey, great. ignacy you're del- deleting your uh you had that, that yeah. new game for gen con yeah just bring a handful of those when you come yeah Thank and you. just put just put it on chevy's back yeah make there you go it. or ben's back put it on ben's back make him mule <laughs> this over here i'm not carrying this come on now no we'll we'll definitely have some stuff to give away who knows i may even sh- get your addresses and put together some boxes of crap to send you later wow no. Wow, did y'all hear that? Now, here's the thing, y'all. Uh, again, this is over at buymeamoonpie.com. So there is an event to where you can buy tickets. These are limited in number. Every year so far we've done this, we have sold out. This year may be different. I don't know what people's you know plans for attendance or anything. But if you think you're going to go, grab a ticket now. And I know a lot of people typically come in groups, Tony, three or four people. So if you, if you know that, go ahead and and buy for those people right now because i think it may sell out but we'll see we'll see i think we're going to have like starting out 90 tickets available uh and that's uh, and basically we max out the room if you've ever been there before you know that uh it, it can get a tad crowded but i think we go right up to the edge before it gets uh unruly crowded you need to be able to hear the people you're sitting with you're talking to and people may be wondering guys i've, I've never been to this what exactly is this very simple 5 30 you show up you're going to come in. We may have a goodie bag or something like that. We're still working out details. Uh, you're going to pick either you're going to support either Dice in a Bowl or Gladiators in Arena. So you're picking a team right when you walk in the door. You will sit at a table with your friends or we can put you with, with whoever. And in that middle of the table is going to be a game of strike. We'll explain the rules of strike. You will play. Then what happens, whoever is the winner at each of those tables at the end of the night come to the front of the room to participate in the quarterfinal or semifinal, depending on how many number tables that there are. And then we're going to whittle down to where there's a table of people. And our goal is to try to work it out so that half the contestants or players are dice in the bowl, half are gladiators in the arena. Whoever wins the championship, that's what we call the game for the next year. And I have never had the privilege of calling it dice in a bowl. It's always been gladiators in the arena. Is this year? I don't know. I used to talk smack. I'm not talking smack anymore. Mm-hmm. And even at, when we get to the final table, you may have already said this, then we basically divide that up three and three. Doesn't matter who you were supporting, you will be assigned support at that time. It just has worked out every time we've done this. It ended up being three and three with what people originally chose. Big time. We'll have fun regardless. So come on out. Once again, $25 Thursday night. Old Spaghetti Factory. It's a couple blocks down from the convention center. Just put it on your calendar. Why Thursday night? Well, we were free. 
Well, and also not a lot's going on Thursday night. And I know a lot of events happen at like seven and eight. So we go to like probably 90 minutes. I'm not sure how long we have the room, Tony, maybe 90 minutes till seven o'clock. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. So that way you can kind of be on your way. So it is at the tail end of the hall closing. Uh, So I know if you like to stay right till the hall closes, we are doing it a little bit earlier this year because it it helps on the crowds uh, in the, in the restaurant. And uh, they're very kind to work with us again. And uh, we can't wait to work with our sponsors and everything to do something special for you guys. So that's it. The strike tournament that Thursday, Gen Con, 530, com. You'll see a place to purchase your tickets. I am currently in Washington, D.C. at my mm-hmm. daughter's. Well, I've attended my daughter's fiance's graduation for uh, George Washington Law. I got to listen to 300 names be called. Sure. It's a graduation, yeah. Luckily, he was at the front, and I mm-hmm. asked the question, can I leave now? Uh, I which expect yes is the answer. But that would have been in poor taste, so I hung okay. around anyway. So did you take the switch with you? That would have been in poor taste. Dang it, man. I did okay. have the phone. Donna and I were sitting there playing knock mall on the phone, or Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting there. She goes, what are you doing? And I go, hold on. Uh, I pull out the phone out crank up knock mall or um bravo and she's like we shouldn't okay my turn (laughs) nice (laughs) the whole point of me telling you this is yeah there's a point somewhere there is a point and i will get to it just like i get to most of our rules and stuff luckily this will be timestamp so you can jump straight to it but the timestamp is based on the timestamp i put in so i can put it at the beginning of this and you would have to listen to it and put your own timestamp Tony is rambling about something and he eventually gets to, I can see the that. Point. I can see you start interest in putting, injecting timestamps into this. The, the point of this is Noah's uh, mom is from Thailand mm-hmm. and we started talking about, I said, we do this thing called taste buds. You know, two amazing studs. Taste two buds. incredible studs. You wrote the lyrics. <laughs> I can't remember them. I could never be a thing. <laughs> two. Is it? Why can't it be? Why can't I wish it said amazing instead of incredible? Amazing's better. Well, two incredible studs. Yeah. Taste buds. So yeah. I was talking to him about that. I said, Well, we've got something coming up. And I asked his mom, I said, Durian. Yeah. She goes, Oh, Durian. Once you get past the smell, it's so good. Oh, okay. I go, Really? And her sons look at her who are here and they go, Really? I. Mm, don't know about that, mom. I heard it's very much a uh, one of those. I don't know. I, don't, I guess there's maybe people that love it, maybe. But it's most people like I can tolerate it or it's disgusting. Because uh, when it was sent to us uh, by Jeff on our Discord channel, uh, he sent a video. It's like, here's 100 different people trying it. Mm-hmm. And most of them are like gagging and stuff. Now, we don't have the actual fruit, Tony. He sent us freeze-dried durian that he himself tried. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, okay, this this isn't that good. So this is one of those things that we thought this probably needs to be streamed for full effect. So on May 27th, on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash roll dice take names at 8 p.m. Eastern time, Tony and I are going to start streaming that night. And part of that stream will be trying durian live for Whoever is so bored on Friday night, they got nothing else to do on what's here in the U.S. Memorial Day weekend and want to watch a couple of idiots uh, try some food. And why 8 o'clock is because it's before Magnum and Blue Bloods. Right. 
So I need to be able to get there and watch them because I think they're the season finale. I may be wrong. They may Very worry. important. Very important. I'm surprised it's not over before then. Usually those things, they wrap those be. up before Memorial Day. It might be. But we may have a surprise showing up. While we have these, oh. um, Noah is going to take me to the Thai market. And he, oh, okay. I didn't know about this. I didn't know about it when we were discussing it. He may, he, if they have it in stock, he's going to take me there and show me what a durian is, how to judge if it's right. And ah. something like that. So are we going to try real durian? Is that what you're saying? You might get some durian at game night, which is the day before yeah. we go. Because I am not going to the assessment meeting this Friday, this Thursday. I'm telling them I can't make it. I already have plans. Excellent. So, yes. Priorities. So I may be bringing if I can get some. I'm All hoping right. to get so some. So here's what we're going to do. We'll, we'll probably try some other stuff, Tony. Uh, I know yep. that we have uh, some, maybe some drinks or something we could try. I got uh, our friend Bert said, did you, know guys are, did you guys know there's lemon moon pies? So we can actually try something that, that might be decent. We've tried lemon moon pies. We have tried lemon. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about uh, the, is it the peach cobbler pop tarts? I have that for you. No, we have not done that. And I keep looking for grape. Okay. Okay. Hey y'all, after we finished recording this episode, one of our listeners, Julia, AKA muffin puppy sent us something else to try on taste buds. Now this one is really out there. It's flavored crickets. I kid you not crickets like sour cream and onion bacon. It's, it's crazy. So here's what we're going to do on our Twitch stream. Not only will we be trying the durian, we will also try one of these crickets first time live. And then on the next episode, what we'll do is we'll, Try all three flavored crickets. I can't believe I'm saying this. And then we'll discuss which flavor cricket we like the best. Oh, I question my life choices at this point. Well, just to come hang out, y'all. We're going to probably do, if you want to do some Q&A and just hang out. And the highlight of the night will be us trying uh, durian. Again, this is May 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Twitch.tv slash Roll Dice Take Names. Links are on our webpage, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Speaking of streams, Tony, you and I have the best time when Tim Rael asks us to come on his Twitch channel and play Code Names. I think we've played maybe four times on his stream. I think I'm three and you're four. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Uh, I think you and I are in the regular rounds undefeated. Yes. I think we are. And this past time, uh, we got to play... With uh, the gentleman who runs a board game company, Alex, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Professor Meg, who you may follow on Instagram, <laughs> who is well known for basically getting inside of uh, box lids, board, go- board game box lids. Yes. She's like sitting in them, taking pictures. Mm-hmm. I could never do that. I couldn't do that either. I don't know she, how she folds herself up like that. But Tim, thank you so much for having us on. It is so much fun every time we do it. I do get stressed out, Tony, during the speed rounds. But I got you got seven seconds. He give you just seven seconds in order to come up with a clue and enter it in, and, and it's it's just nerve wracking. But he runs these live streams every single week, and I believe his his channel is Tim underscore R I E L. Go check that out. It's a lot of fun. Tim, thanks for having us, and we can't wait to come back again. Eagle worms. I still can't get over that. Eagles, <laughs> eagles eat worms. Wendy did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Was it? I guess this was also the one where it was. Was it uh, court? Oh no. Oh, uh, was the tr- clue court? And I said Washington, and it was like day. 
because it was like day in court. Yeah, it was a day. And in you got court. upset with me because Washington, I think, was the assassin. And it's like, that's where the Supreme Court is. I know. I messed that one up. That was on me. I mean, we had six assassins that for all of us. We were we were doing assassination every we weren't we never played to win. We played by hanging on the longest. Yeah. That was it. And speaking of that, I played um code names with um Rebecca's family here, but it was yeah. code names. She only has code names Disney because and I forgot how complicated that one is. Is that just art pictures? It has the names on the back oh. of them, like like Mickey Mouse is on the back of Mickey Mouse, and and one was a uh, um, oh goodness uh, Mulan and things like that. But you immediately start trying to associate to the movies, and I'm oh. like, I'm like y'all don't do that. Associate something a lot. Like I had Dumbo and Mulan, and I know this was a stretch, but I said Hannibal, and the one guy picked, he says, wait a minute. Hannibal rode the elephants. Look and, at you. And he goes, you know what I what's so funny is I went straight to silence of the lambs. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. And, and then he says, and Mulan was a warrior. So there you go. I like it. That's it. You give good clues. That's why when we do the, uh, you always give better clues than I give. Uh, that's why I tend to win. Yeah. I, I'll admit Eagle was Eagle and Worms was not your finest moment, but neither was okay, court. Okay, we can move on. Okay, move, moving on. All right, so you talked about uh, I get playing a quick card game. AEG sent us a game called Dog Lover. Have you seen this? Uh, several other people have covered this. No, I have not seen it. I saw your Instagram post. Okay. Uh, you've played Sushi Go, right? Yes. So you're familiar with games or people with familiar games. When over the course of the game, you're collecting cards, and those cards generate victory points at the end of the game. And the different types of cards may do things. Maybe you're collecting sets of stuff or you need to have so many of certain sets or they're worth negative points. That's kind of what Dog Lover is in that the whole theme of it is, is you get a dog that you're trying to take care of. And that dog will give you victory points at the end of the game if they're fed. So you need to collect cards with certain types of food that feeds that dog. It could be scraps. It could be can or dry food. The, the card tells you what, what oh, to get. I got something to tell you. I got to remember to do this. Finish. All right. I'll tell Don't you forget. You might Don't want to put this in show notes. Okay. So you're doing that to try to generate points. But you also can get cards that you can attach to dog, which are traits. And the traits may be like, hey, if you get this certain chew toy with this dog, it's worth extra points. Speaking of toys, there's different unique items. Now, this is where if you collect sets of items, they're worth a lot of points. A set is worth one point, two is worth three, etc. So you're trying to complete unique sets of cards. That is also very common, right? And uh, over the course of the game, you can get new dogs. So you can have multiple dogs in play. So all that is pretty standard. You play through a deck and personal point, points wins. So what makes this different is how you get the cards. You start out the game uh, drawing nine cards from the deck and setting up a three by three grid. Everybody starts with a trick card. Okay, this threw me off. When I see the word trick in a card game, one thing instantly goes to my head. It's like, okay, this is the suit that, that wins everything. No, 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 that's called a trump. Taking a trick. I'm sorry. So I'm thinking trick is a collection of cards. My bad. Right. I said yeah. the wrong thing. Okay. Yes. It took me a second to realize, oh, trick is a type of card that you teach your dog. I'm going to teach him how to sit. I'm going to teach him how to stand. So here's what's neat. There is a unique trick dealt to everybody sitting at the table. The trick on the card tells you on your turn 
which three cards from a three by three grid you can pick up and play. So for example, sit is basically three in a row. It could be three uh, horizontal or three vertical because you can rotate the card and uh, orient it however you want. Or maybe it's two from one row and then one below it. They all have different ways of, of picking up cards. So that's what you do in your turn. You activate your trick to pick up three cards and those could be food that you turn in to feed your dogs. It could be adoption papers, which are used to get new dogs from the shelter, which are worth a lot of points. It could be training cards that you can turn in to get brand new tricks because your basic tricks only let you collect three cards. The advanced tricks will let you collect four. That's, that's what you do in turn. Going to activate my trick, collect cards, play them, try to get victory points. Here's the kicker that I didn't appreciate till I actually played the game. There's a watchdog in play. Uh -oh. There's a watchdog on the end of one of the rows or columns. The watchdog's rule is you can't take two cards from the row or column that he's assigned to. So this makes this very interesting. It's like, oh, well, great. So I want to be able to grab two cards from this row, but the watchdog's sitting there, so I can't do that this turn. Mm -hmm. It limits your options of what you could take on your turn. And after you've claimed it, the trick will show you Depending on which card you pick, the watchdog will now move to a new location. So every time it moves to it for a different player. But what's hard is that sometimes there's cards you just don't want. For example, if you get a bone, if you only have one bone at the end of the game, minus victory points. You need to collect multiple in order to get positive victory points. If you take a trait card, the trait will say you need to attach this to a small, medium, or large dog. Let's say it's to a large dog and I don't have one. You have to discard that card plus another card. So sometimes you're stuck taking cards that you don't really want because of that watchdog. Standard kind of card play, you played it many times, like Sushi Go, trying to collect cards, unique combinations to get points. What's cool about Dog Lover is how you get the cards by playing these tricks and collecting uh, the, the cards from the table, which can kind of mess you up depending on where the guard dog is. Very light game, plays fast. Vanessa and I played it probably 20 minutes because you just play through the deck, add up the points, and the game is over. It plays up to four player. It's a cute little game. Did Vanessa like it? She did. After it was over, Vanessa said, you know what? I like that. And this was one of those because of the theme, very fam family friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see getting kids eight, 10 years old, being able to pick this up. It makes sense. You're getting dogs. You're feeding dogs. You're trying to uh, get them some chew toys, etc. Very thematic. It's one of those things that would I have brought to our game night with four of us? Maybe not. But if I had, I think each one around the table would go, oh, this is cool to have in my collection when I go play at my family's house for the holidays or I want to teach my mom or family members a new game. So yeah, Dog Lover. I maybe I'll have to hand that off to you sometime because maybe your family would appreciate it. I mean, if it plays well too. You know, I mean, however, however um, Rebecca and Noah are coming down in the 1st of June, so that'd be good. I'd like to try it with them. Yep. Because here's the story. Okay, here we go. Here Back we go. to the story. Here's the story. Forget, it's not about neighborhood assessments. Okay. All right. Thank you. So we get here and yeah. uh, the dogs calming the dogs down because they're kind of hyper. They're not like Taz, who is your dog, who's well-behaved beyond belief. Uh, no, he's being sarcastic. Go ahead. No, I'm not. Taz does not come and jump on you and do all this craziness when you arrive. Yeah, get, try, walking, we'll try walking him around the neighborhood and then there's another dog out that he has to walk by. Then he gets a little crazy. Does he want to play or kill? Uh, usually play, except for the two dogs that he hates and is to kill them. Okay. 
hit their owners and us have an agreement. If we see each other, one of us will point and say, I'm going the other direction. <laughs> so we'll change our routes to make sure we don't pass by each other. So we get here and we need to let the, the dogs are going crazy. So I'm like, okay, Rebecca, let's let them out in the backyard. She says, yeah, let's get them out here. Let them go potty. Let's do this. And I say, all right. So she lets them out and I let them out the back and they come flying and they go flying towards the back of the um, yard. And I'm like, okay, well, this is good. This is fun. They're getting some of their energy out. And I, I look in her little black lab slash pit bull mix that she picked up from the shelter a year and a half ago. I'm like, what is, what does she have? What is she, what does she got? And I start yelling at her and I run back there and she's got a bunny trapped. Oh boy. I'm like, oh no. And I go, Penny, no. And I grab her. And then her brother, Odie, who is an Australian cattle dog mix, immediately mm -hmm. grabs the bunny. Uh-oh. And Rebecca's with me. And nothing is more sad than hearing, oh, I'll end it there. Are you serious? So he wasn't like playing with the bunny. Odie he, had other in he had other intentions with the bunny. Penny was playing. Odie had a different intention. Oh, that's horrible because I've heard that sound before from one of my dogs. Well, yeah, Zeke was well, Zeke was the killer. Uh, well, Zeke killed squirrels, yes. But that's okay. Uh, our, our neighbor raised squirrels and he ripped open the stage. I kid you not. He ripped mm -hmm. open the, the cage. And the next morning when blood she came everywhere. down, he was watching our dog. There was blood everywhere. It was a massacre of squirrels. <laughs> Jesus. I'm laughing now, but at the time it was, uh, it was she not was funny not very then. happy. No, it was not funny then. And, oh. Anyway, that's that's horrible. Well, y'all, here we go. Jeez, that wasn't a fun story. <laughs> I brought you down, didn't I? But it's a dog story. I thought you'd appreciate it. It is a dog story. Well, I'll tell you right now, there is no dog in Dog Lover from AEG where their food are furry rabbits. Okay, that's good. Okay, so you got to worry about kibble. feeding them. So, so yeah, it's kibble. What uh, canned dog food or just uh, just scraps? I don't know if you know about this company called Miniature Market. Have you ever heard of them? Uh, send me a link sometime. I'll go check them out. Okay, yeah, miniaturemarket.com. They have all these sales going on. There's this game from um, Asmodee called Polynesia. It's, mm, it's that's by Pierre Sylvester, right? Yeah, it is. One of our favorite designers. You know, we got a lot what, of he did. Designers. What did he else he do? Uh, King is dead. King is dead. Uh, Brian Boru. Brian Boru, your game of the year last year. Yes, we, year. we love those two games. Absolutely. So we had a copy of Polynesia. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I am tired of this on the shelf of shame. We got to play it. We like peers. We, we're going to do this. It's always on sale so people can pick it up at a mm. reasonable rate. Now, usually when you think about games being on sale, they're dogs. Oh, yeah. Not dog lover. Something Not different. Dog, no, that's something different. But they're, they're dogs. And I will say this, this is not on the Brian Boru strategy level. This is a very light family mm. game as well. And it's all about you are getting your people off of an active volcano island. Don't want to go a lot into how the game is played and all, but I do want to talk a little bit just about the, the, some of the neat, unique concepts in this game. Yep. And one that I think you and I both enjoyed, and you can talk to this, was you don't know when the game's going to end. Yeah, so it's like that clank sort of thing, right? You're actually drawing things out of a bag. You're drawing cubes out of the bag. And if it's so many lava cubes come out the red cubes, the game just shuts down. That's it. Game over. 
for everybody that's on the island, that's bad news. You want to get points getting them off the island, but you don't know when the volcano is going to explode. So there's your kind of push your luck. Yeah. And the other thing that if, if you're interested in taking a look at this game is that you need to be able to have trade routes or um, you need to have explored additional islands. And in order to do that, you need to sail, which is one of the actions you can take, or you can use someone else's sailboats or there where they've explored. But in mm. order to do that, and this is what I thought was unique that involved a lot of strategy as well, was you needed to take someone with you who knew how to get to the island. Ah, so you're saying like if you were playing blue and there's a blue boat beside an island, for me to jump over to the next island, if I had one of your blue figures on the same island with me, mm -hmm. you could ferry me across. But if right. you didn't have a blue figure there, I couldn't go. Exactly. So you yep. and you're sitting there and you you have to pay. But what I what I found very interesting was that when you did that, you might be messing up me. One hundred percent, because there's these uh, strategies or goals that by the end of the game, if you have uh, your meeples stationed on certain islands, they earn you victory points. Mm -hmm. And I screwed over Tony. Was it me that screwed you over? Yes. That screwed him over so bad. He was positioned for at the end of the game when the volcano erupted. He had his meeples on the correct islands to get victory points, and I wanted those victory points. I happened to ferry his guy or his guy took me to another island, thus leaving the island that he needed to be at, and he didn't have time to go back. And I'm like, but I'm sitting, why did I put, why did I explore there? Why did I choose to do that? And it, I used one of mine to carry over, and I forget what the situation was, and then I left somebody behind. And I'm like, okay, that's no big deal. And then here you come along and you say, hey, I need to go on a pleasure cruise here. Can you take me over there? And you move my guy. I'm like, wait, stop. No. And the thing is, though, is you want to explore because when you explore islands, there could be some uh, additional victory points you just randomly pick up. The first mm -hmm. one there gets like little cards, uh, little tokens and little special abilities and everything. So exploring is good. Usually it rewards you if you are the first one there. The other aspect of exploring that I enjoyed was that you got to set what the price was in either uh, fish or shells. Yeah, that was cool too. So it, when you ferried or, or you you your resources were those two things, fishes mm -hmm. and 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 shells, seashells, By the and sea you shore. had to pay all of one in order to basically uh, uh, to, to get things. But then at the end of the round or at the end of your turn. You had to dis. Everybody else had to discard one of one type of resource, which based, made them very limited. Yeah, based on who the start player was, or he got to choose that. Right. So, so and, and it's it always flows back to me. Some of these games. Once again, it's a light game. The rounds, or not the rounds, the actions count down. It will cost you three in the first of actions y'all take then it'll cost you two to do this you can you you can you need to spend three shells to explore or you can move three people the next mm -hmm. action it can only cost you two resources or you can only move two people and it was very interesting on how all that worked out once again light game i'm glad we got to play it it's one of those games that i i want to try with with donna and those that are not the hardcore gamers what's cool too is at um on your board, as you put more of your meeples on the board, that gives you more victory points at the end of the game. Uh, because the more you have out there, the more points you get. But then, Tony, that's what you said. That's your push your luck. Because when you take the populate action, they go from your board to that main island. 
you need to get them off that island fast. So you need to make sure that you have boats that are accessible to you to get them off that island or either use somebody else's paths as long as they have a meeple there that you can tag along with when you go. Yeah, it's a, it's a really clever game. Like you said, it's a light game compared to his other two. But still, I, I really enjoy my time with it. The maps are pretty. I know he's got an expansion map that's a little bit more take that. So mm. I'm like, ooh, okay. Well, maybe if, I, if Donald really enjoys it, I'll look at getting that. But once again, Polynesia, take a look at it. You'll see it on sale at Miniature Market a lot. So maybe it's one that you just take a flyer on. Yeah. I know you probably didn't watch this, Tony, but uh, Warhammer Fest was a couple weeks ago. They made, made a bunch of big announcements. And I'm a fantasy guy. I'm a Lord of the Rings guy. And Tony, I actually have the starter set of Lord of the Rings. I still would love at some point in time to sit down and play a miniatures game with you within that universe. They have, you know, the full big scale battles with a lot of units, but they have a, a battle sort of a, a combat where it's skirmish. Mm-hmm. So it's very few models that you get to play. Uh, they've got a bunch of new models and books coming out with like Gondorans and dwarves and stuff. It's one of those games that I wish got more love. I don't see it played a lot around here, but I still love the theme and I'm, I'm glad they're still supporting it. They haven't really updated the rules uh, in a while, but I'm glad to see that they have the small skirmish thing. Now, they also did, Tony, you may be interested in this, released a new starter set or a big box set for Age of Sigmar, where one of the factions are your favorite Skaven. Oh, okay. Yep. Big box with a bunch of little rats. Uh, as soon as we got that, I went, oh, yep. There's Tony's faction right there. I can just make him all these little rat dudes that he likes to run around with. And you know what's so funny? The only reason why I really clung to that was because of the Gotrek and Felix and Gotrek books and yeah. Skaven being the arch enemy and just how silly they were and stupid but i just i can just imagine that so whenever we play i think of just how they were not that bright and i just right. love that i just right. love that part and they kind they kind of got the swarm mechanic and uh so again what's nice about that box it's two factions kind of gives you the rule book that you can sit down and play now they did release a new book for my guys the night haunts which i absolutely mm-hmm. love so that that's my people and uh and Daughters of Cain, which my son really, uh, Travis, really enjoys. So it's one of those things that every so often they kind of refresh their stuff where, hey, if you didn't play before, now's a good time to get in. That's what this box does. When they release a box like this for like this or 40K, it's like the right time to jump in. That's the way it is with Age of Sigmar. And again, I just love to do uh, Lord of the Rings sometime, a miniatures game. I, I AR, at least take the miniatures and like use them in an RPG. We got the one ring sitting over here that you and I still would like to play. At least we already have like little figures for them and everything. I'd love that too. A couple episodes ago, we talked about our time with Everybody Lies, the new Batman themed detective game. It is now there out there in the wild. I see people playing it. They've enjoying their time. They enjoy kind of the uh, lighter rule set with Detective playing in Gotham City. So if that sounds like something you're very interested in, you really need to go check that out. It is thematically is one of the better Detective games I uh, played because I, 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 I just get caught up in the whole Batman lore. I love the whole Batman theme. And what's cool is not playing as Batman. You're, you're playing as other characters that interact. Gotham City is alive. You're trying to solve mysteries. You run across other characters that you know. Really well done. Go check that out. Also, Gutenberg's going to be coming out soon. 
Uh, we're going to be covering that on our show as soon as we get a copy. We cannot wait to tell you all about Gutenberg and the little Euro that uh, Ignacy's bringing over here to the U.S. And coming out of Gen Con, y'all. Hadn't much been said about it, but Brazil will be heading out another Euro game that I'm real looking forward to that Ignacy's bringing to us. So a lot of great stuff, y'all. Board game that tells a story with Everybody Lies. A couple sweet Euros coming out with Gutenberg in Brazil. To find out more, head over to portalgamesus.com. So one of the classic games that I enjoy playing with the wife, and I know Marty enjoys playing as well with people, because he's talked about it before, that is Azul. Oh, yeah. Classic game that's still extremely popular and you find it in all the big box stores. Well, and then there's Azul Stained Glass. Mm-hmm. And then there's Azul Summer Pavilion. Sure. And now there's Azul Queen's Garden from Michael Kissling and Plan B Games. And we got that bad boy to the table. So everybody strap in for the rules here. You either take tiles, place a tile, or pass. And in order to win, you got to have the most victory points. Ah, so you're telling me on your turn, you're going to take a tile, place a tile for the goal of getting victory points. That's right. Oh, that's pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. It it took me a while to grab it that night, but uh, your your rules teach wasn't as short as that one. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think it took you that long to grasp this one. The concept of taking a tile... Is yeah. actually when you take the tiles, you uh, you declare I'm going to take all the birds, mm. and all the tiles that have birds on them can come to your board as long as you have room with them. However, you may na- not take duplicate birds with the same color tile. Ah, how many different colors are there? Uh, there's six. Got it. If okay, I remember correctly. Or you say I'm going to take all the dark purple. Mm, okay. And once again, you can take all the dark purple that you want, unless there's a duplicate. A duplicate with the same icon. Same icon. Or, okay. Like well, like a bird or a flower or tree or something like that. Okay. Butterflies. Yeah. 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 Bell petals or I forget what those are called. But yeah, you know, that, that's, what, that's what you're dealing with. That's the take a tile action. Okay. Placing a tile. Oh, wait. Ah. Oh, no, uh, wait, there, wait. There, there, we do have a, we do have a little asterisk here. Placing okay. a tile. You may place a tile in your garden as long as it meets the placing restrictions. Don't want to go over that. It's got to either be next to the same. Well, so let's go over it. It's not that hard. It's really pretty straightforward. Yeah. It took me a while to grasp it that night because as you explained, it's like, I don't get this. Y'all, this is one of those things that when you play and it, it clicked, it clicked for me. It's like, oh, okay. I see what the rules are. When Tony explained it, I didn't get it. But yeah. anyway, go ahead. Yeah. When you place a tile, you have to place it next to either the same color. Easy enough. Or you need to place it next to the same icon. Ah, a bird beside a bird. Bird beside a bird, dark purple against dark purple. Yep. Simple enough. And as long as one of that's true, you can do that. You don't have to have it like you can place a bird next to a tree, but on the other side, there's another bird. That's Okay. That's okay. That's okay. There was one little thing that I kind of have to keep track of. And you said that if there is a bunch of adjacent tiles, like of the same color, like dark Mm -hmm. purple, that within that line, 
one of the placement rules is you could not place another purple tile if that icon is already in that run of existing tiles that's on the board. Right. You can right. have multiple birds in the same colors. Or if you have a whole bunch of birds running together of different colors, you can't have the same color in there. Ah, okay. And by the way, I don't think we said it. Uh, you're placing tiles on your own personal board. Right. So everybody has their own board that they're playing on. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you need to be able to expand your garden. You need to till the land. Mm-hmm. So you're able to put out, you can pay six victory points and just place till up a whole garden if you want to. Or when all the tiles are gone from a garden tile, it flips over and it reveals, oh, look, an imprinted tile in the garden. Now it has a quality. It's got a bird on it of a color. And so once again, if you call that call bird, you get to pick up that garden and put it on your board. If you pay six victory points and just take a generic garden, you immediately can place it on your board. These are all the placement rules. It's not that hard to go over. You just have to keep it straight, especially like Marty said. You got to understand the restrictions. Game's pretty darn simple. Yep, it it is. And it's one of those things that... uh the more I played it, the more I, en- I enjoyed it. If you've ever played Azul, you know how with Azul, when somebody explains the rules, it's like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I need to see this in action. Once you see this game in action and you understand how the how the taking of the tile and the replacement rules are, it, make, it makes sense. Oh, by the way, when you start a round, there's a certain number of, uh, of, the, um, of the tiles, the, um, the cardboard tiles that you can place on your board. And that's seated with the acrylic tiles on top. And if you ever pull tiles from that one, you remove the top and that gets out a new tile from underneath it. So that's how, that's how the, uh, during the course of the round, all these new tiles that you play, I can't remember what they call them. I shouldn't call both of them tiles. The gardens. Just call them gardens. The gardens. The gardens. So the tiles are on the gardens. If you ever pull from the central uh, garden of the stack of gardens, then you, you remove that top garden and it exposes another one underneath it and then you populate that with uh four new uh tiles from the bag that goes on there so that's kind of the randomness of the game as the game goes on again very azulish how you pull from the bag and replace now comes the fun part Uh oh here we go. i've got to plant my garden i gotta yep. get some flowers i gotta get some butterflies out there in the garden because the only way i'm going to score points is dictated by a wheel in the center and it's telling you what's going to score points at the end of the round by the way the, end ah. of the round occurs when everybody passes Okay, simple stuff. But to place a tile, if you want to place a bird, you've got to pay two. One for the one that goes on your board and either another bird or a tile of the same color that doesn't have the same iconography or that doesn't have a bird. Got it. This is so simple, but it is the thing that you will sit there and curse yourself sometimes that's where the strategy was because some tiles cost more right depending on what the uh like the bells cost a lot in order to get those now of course the bells are going to be worth a lot of victory points by the end of the game uh and but as you collect tiles tony you've only got a certain number of spots on your board that you can store tiles and once you're full that's it you can't add any more so you're strategically trying to determine, okay, I really want to get this one particular tile on the board, so I need to be able to pay for it. So let me draft to make sure I can pay for it. And part of that, like you said, is the reason it's like, well, this round, that particular icon or that particular color is what's going to get me points. So I want to make sure I get it planted in my garden. Right. And how you score points at the end, it's, it's all 
you just got to go through that with somebody so they understand. Because like you, well, yeah, like you were saying, well, there were restrictions with that. You yeah. don't even count points unless there's at least three in a run, mm-hmm. three tiles in a run. So you got to at least get three of matching color or matching icons in order to count them as potential victory points. Very challenging. Whew. But it was fun. I really dug this one. I really like this one. It's like, I'm trying to remember. It's been probably about seven or eight months since I played a regular Azul. Mm-hmm. This was probably more thinky. I think this is probably a more thinky game than what regular Azul is. And I asked Donna, because Donna helped me learn this one so I could teach y'all. And she was like, she goes, how long is this supposed to take? And I said, well, according to the box... And she goes, well, we blew past that two hours ago. I said, yes, we did, baby. (laughs) She's like, why is this taking so long? I'm going, it's because you're having to think about, do I strategically take these and fill up my board? And I need to put these certain colors together or these certain icons together. But do I have enough tiles to for gardens? And oh, by the way, there's these joker tiles that I can use. And the only way to get additional jokers is if I surround these various landscape items. And you're sitting there processing all that. It's easy to call a tile or an icon and pull it to you. There's nothing to that. It's what are you going to do two, three, four moves down the line? How is that going to pay out? And can I get to that point? That mm-hmm. is where this game comes in, and you're like, how hard is it? That's where it's hard. That's where it's going to challenge you. Yeah. There's a lot of little things going on. At some point in the time in the game, you have you start out with some wild tiles that can the be anything. And if you encircle a whole garden tile, depending on the icon that's in the middle, you can earn bonus wild tiles, which are extremely valuable, especially playing for those, paying for those tiles that take a lot of tiles in order to get them on the board. As long as you got space, still left on as the board. As long as you got space, yeah. Y'all, it's good. It's good. So, Tony, here's the thing. I don't think I played the other results. I didn't either. Oh, you haven't played the other? So you played the base and just this one. So I can't compare it to the others. I, I can't either. And I don't know why I skipped over them other than they just... Azul was kind of... I enjoyed Azul. But then we moved on to something, you know, other games. Mm-hmm. Something about this one that I looked at it and while I was reading the rules and I said, why do I want to try this? And why do I want to get, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it just seems so much different from Azul. It is hundred percent. Yes. And Azul, you have this idea is that when you take color tile, you take all of that color, et cetera. You know, there's still the drafting rules and placement rules. It's just that, they're different enough in this game. And I think the thing that I like, Tony, the best is how the points are scored differently each round, uh, depending on the wheel that's in the middle of the table. And it, by the way, it never changes. You always, every game that you play, the same things will be scored the same way. Every, oh, it's not true. That's not true. I can unscrew the wheel, flip it over, and it changes. Oh, I didn't know that. So we just played the base. Okay, this game is even better. Mm-hmm. this game is even better because now you have variability in the games. Oh yeah, that's good. Because in, ba- yeah. in the base game, the most expensive tiles don't score till the very end. And by that time you may have enough stuff on the board to get some points for those at least. But just like Azul, you can get hurt. If at the end of the game ends and you oh. still have tiles on your board, you're going to take some negative points. And that's a yep. bad thing as one of our partners discovered. <laughs> 
he was he was, Burrow's not happy about this game. No, he was like, I just do not get this. And meanwhile, I go, I get this. <laughs> it just clicked for me for some reason. And it's it was well, the point where we're sitting there going, okay, all you gotta do is just pick a tile. Just say a color. Say that. Say it, say something. And but it's one of those things as you get near the end of the fourth round, you're sitting there, how am I going to get rid of this? How am I going to how can Oh, you I mean the tiles that you've yeah. collected and stuff so far? I yeah. Gotta get rid of these. Because I want the I want the high expensive ones, but by God, I don't want those sitting on the board at the end. Yep. And I don't want the high expensive ones on my board and just let them sit there while I'm trying to collect and not score points in the first, second, or third round and have to wait. Oh, we didn't mention that those expensive tiles also means they're more negative victory points at the end. Yeah. So you're sitting there trying to deal with all that. And I'm like, man, okay. All right. Yeah, I enjoy this. Uh, I look forward to getting it on the table. That is Azul's Queen's Garden from Michael Kissling and Plan B Games. As mentioned last episode, UltraPro.com has joined the Rolling Dice and Taking Names family with an offer we couldn't refuse, or they couldn't refuse, or someone didn't refuse when they should have refused. They should have refused. But however, Tony, you did send them a nice welcome to the show, uh, little uh, gift box, little happy, that they actually opened up and shared on a TikTok. That was a nice little thing you put together for them. Well, I have to. I had to. I have to schmooze them some way. <laughs> I had to make it worth their while. I mean, if anything, that when they drink out of the glasses, y'all, y'all remember who sent us those glasses? Yeah, those, those guys. But UltraPro.com. Yes, so we we know them for their sleeves. We know them for the various the top loaders where you can protect your baseball cards or your special Black Lotus Magic cards. You know, you can put. Oh that yeah, in there. I mean, well, I don't know those being top loader sheets. Probably a little something more uh, like sustainable for that one. Yeah, hardcore, hard, hard uh, plastic there. shells. Yep. They have a lot more than just on the gaming side. Go past your gaming life. Maybe you need some scrapbooking. Maybe Vanessa needs to put together the boys a, a special scrapbook. They've got. Scrap- oh wait a minute! I didn't know they did scrapbooking. Really? Mm-hmm. They've got scrapbooks. They've got. Something we all can use nowadays in the way things are. They've got coupon books. Oh. Coupon albums where you can put all the coupons. I, I remember walking around the grocery store. I'm not kidding you. There are people there that have their coupons in those little things. I looked at it and I go, that looks like an Ultra Pro sleeve. And Was sure it? Enough, yeah. I'm, I'm on the site. I'm like, get out of town. Wow. So you've got the coupon albums, you've got pro photo albums, you've got all kinds of things you can go on their collector series. Go beyond the gaming from that stuff. And just look at that. Clear- so a whole page on coupon organizers. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. Uh, clear protective sleeves for tablets. I don't know why you would need that, but I'm sure there's a reason for it. I need to dig into this one. There's all kinds of options. Ultra Pro is into everything. They've got these top loaders that are pin resistant. I am so jazzed about this, or um, you can mark on. I'm looking forward to using those for my rolling rights. Protect the environment. That's right. I don't have a laminator, but if I use this, I can save paper. Look at the Ultra Pro's thinking for the environment. That's a really clever idea. I have one. I, I, I'm waiting to see how well that, that works for you. It's, it's going to work great, I'm sure. 
Look at all that. I didn't realize that. So I'm on their website now, ultrapro.com, looking at their, their photo albums, the really nice scrapbooking stuff. Sheesh. It's, it's so funny. So I always just went straight to the gaming stuff and didn't even realize they had all these other things. Man, if you got something that needs to be in protected sleeves that you want to protect from the elements that you want, you know, photos, going to the grocery store, quick sorting, things like that, it's all there. Go head over to ultrapro.com. That's right. And don't forget, if you buy their stuff from their website, entering code RDTN and get 5% off your order. Tell them we sent you ultrapro. And it says it right here, Tony, this is kind of a little uh, slogan, the standard in safe storage. Ooh, I wonder if we can get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Tony, you and I have always enjoyed games by Alexander Pfister. Uh, every time we get one to the table, we enjoy it. Now, his games tend to be a little more deep, right? It's like, oh, we're sitting there going to play a Pfister. There's going to be a lot of rules of this, and there's going to be a lot going on. Somewhere along the way, we missed one of the more popular Alexander Pfister games called Point Royale. Or I did. Did you ever play the original? No, not that I can think of. Not No, memory's not there for this one. So this game originally came out in 2014. What they've done, they, being Pegasus Spiel, they've re-released Port Royale with new art. And it's called the Port Royale Big Box because they've crammed all the expansions into this one box. So I'd heard so much about this game. So I was wanting to sit down and at least just play the base game. And we did that. And our buddy Bert taught the game. He said he's played this game. He looked it up on BGG. It's a, it was like a lot. Mm -hmm, 20, 20 30 times? Mm -hmm. It was, it was, it may be more than that, but he's played this game a lot. And when I first read the rules, I'm like, I don't know about this. It's got like push your luck. You're just flipping over cards and I don't know. But man, I really enjoyed this. This is not something I would have said, oh yeah, this is definitely a fister. So you got this big deck of cards and on your turn, you're going to start flipping over the top decks of that cards. And, and some of the cards in that deck are ships. If, if ever you've drew two of the same color ships, your turn is over. So it's a push your luck. You draw a card, you put it up. Do you decide, do I want to draw another card? Do I want to draw another card? And your goal is to get out as many different color ships as you can and then say, stop, I'm done. Because other cards that are in the deck are like character cards or profession cards, which can give you abilities. And when you say, okay, I'm done, you get to claim a card based on the number of different colored ships that are in the harbor. That's what they're calling the cards are placed. So if it's like zero to three different ships, you get to claim one. But if it's more than that, you get to claim multiple cards. So on my turn, if I just turned over a couple different colored ships, I can go, okay, I'm going to claim a card. I could claim a ship. That's how I get money. That's how I make my gold. The ship has some sort of gold value on it. I get that, take some coin, and I'm happy merrily on my way. Or maybe I want to take one of the profession cards, and they cost coin. They cost gold. So maybe I pay gold in order to get them permanently in play in front of me, which gives me ongoing abilities. One of them be like, oh, by the way, on your turn, you can actually claim an extra card. But Tony, here's what I liked. I love games where other people get to participate during a round. So once I've claimed my card, every other player gets to go around the table and have the chance to claim one of those cards on the table if they can afford it. And if they do buy it, they have to give one additional gold to the player whose turn it is. You done? I, I forgot to put the most important thing. Uh, most victory points wins. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's important <laughs> to know how you're going to win. Actually, no, no, you get to a certain level. 
Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. The first person, uh, once you get 12 cards. 12 points, 12 not points. cards. Yeah, Come I'm on. Sorry. Yeah. 12 oh. points in the game just automatically wins. So it's a race. It's a race of 12 points. That, so for me, what it boiled down to is it took me a minute to understand the purchasing of the cards. And I kept irritating y'all with this because of certain rules. The rules are bad, but that's okay. But yes, this is a game of building a, an engine that helps you collect gold to allow you to capture better cards later that lets you get those in-game victory, not in-game victory points, those um, various special people that have a lot of victory points. Like I got two anchors and I can claim this person. Yeah. Uh, those are the expedition cards. So they're sitting on the table all the time and they have certain icons on them. Well, some of the professions have matching icons. So on your turn, you could turn in those cards from your professions, from your, uh, uh, from your tableau claim one of those expedition cards. They give you victory points, and most of them give you also extra bonus gold per round. I didn't mention this. Once we finish the round, any cards that weren't claimed from the harbor are just discarded, and it goes on to the next person's turn, and they start flipping cards. So it moves really quick. I don't know how many certain cards were in the deck. Um, also, don't think you're going to sit there and hoard gold because the crown wants its taxes. Mm-hmm. And they will come and collect taxes on you if you're not careful. So I think of that like the thief action in uh, Catan. And it's, it moves very quick. There's not a lot of think to this because you're limited by what's turned over. Do you want to push your luck? And that's it to this game. Why is it so enjoyable? I think because it's fast, it's quick, and you don't know what your luck's going to hold. And that unknown aspect of any type of game always makes it fun for me. One thing that we didn't mention too that's really cool, the coins that you collect, the gold, they're not tokens. Mm -mm. They're, they're not little bits. They're basically the cards themselves. So the back of the draw deck of each card has a coin on it. When you earn three coin, you basically draw three cards from the draw deck and put it face down in front of you. The other side doesn't matter. You don't care about that. That just represents your coin. So what's interesting, Tony, is you don't know what's on the other side of this card. You mentioned those tax cards. You may have just removed one of the tax mm -hmm. cards from that deck. But everybody has to assume that anytime that tax card can come up, which is going to hurt you, that keeps you from hoarding that gold. This is also interesting, too, is that you have like pirates or sailors that you can get into play that have uh, crossed swords on them. Now, if at any point in time during your turn, if you flip over a ship that's already the same color as in the harbor... It has some sort of value on it, a defense value. If the number of swords that you have in play on your table equal that of the ship, then you can basically destroy that ship, get it out of the harbor, and either stop right there or continue flipping. So that's how to help you in the bad draw uh, or bad luck of the draw by having some guys who can fight and take care of those same color ships as they show up as you draw cards. And if you don't have those, then you're messed up. Yeah, you're screwed because it was it you that didn't take any. I never got the chance. Ah, uh, so that's so. Is that a negative of this game? It's part of the game. It's not a negative. It's just the way it goes. Like, did I have the chance to buy somebody with anchors on them? Maybe I don't remember. I was busy on trying to figure out how to maximize my coins, so the time came around and I ran out of time. So. Mm. I was looking at the engine aspect of this game versus collecting the sets, but you need to, it's a, it's a balance between the two. Yeah. And I will say it's a turns move fast. Flip a card, flip a card, flip a card, flip a card, stop. Okay. I'm going to buy this one. Do you want to buy one? Do you want to buy one next person's turn? 
Literally, it can move that fast. It takes no time at all to play. When you've gone through the draw deck, shuffle up to go again. Like you said, first person has 12 points showing on the table. Game just kind of stops and, and the game is over. Now, what's really cool about this uh, big box, Tony, is we played the base game. Awesome. Great. Really enjoyed it. Plays two to five players. There's also uh, Make Sale. It's a standalone game, but it can also be combined uh, with the base game. There's an expansion, Just One More Contract. So it introduces what's called contract cards. There's expansion, another expansion called The Adventure Begins, which is kind of an ongoing narrative or type of adventure game. All that in this just one little box. A lot of versions of this game, too. I'm looking through it all. I'm like, holy cow, there is a ton of versions of this game, dude. Did you know that? I did not. How did we miss this? Were we asleep? I don't know. Here's the best thing about it. It's fun. It plays quick. It's one of those you don't have to think a lot. You just kind of talk to each other as you play the game. Has all those expansions. And the MSRP on this bad boy is $24.95. $25 for this box. It's going to stay on my shelf, man. I think this is also one of those games that I could possibly teach maybe my family. Maybe it could take a couple of times to make them understand what's really going on. But because it plays so fast, you can easily reset and play again. And here's the thing, a miniature market, they have it on sale for $17.99. So $18 for this thing. Well worth it. Well worth that. I do challenge whether or not it is a good two-player game, which is how I'm always thinking now. Ah, yeah. I I don't see it being a good two-player game. It would definitely be more fun with more people. 100% agree. 100% agree. Because then you had this idea of everybody being able to buy a card. And if they buy one from your turn, you get you earn extra gold. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing, too. It's like, I really want that card. But dang it, I don't want to give Tony another gold. But it's like, no, I, I got to take that card. So you, a good little resource management. You got to make sure to have enough gold to be able to buy cards when they come to you. Again, how you get gold is really cool. Claim one of the ships. It has a gold value on it. That's how you claim your gold. The more different colored ships you get into the harbor, the more cards you can claim or have cards with special abilities that uh, give you. Oh, you had a good one too, Tony, where it's like anytime I claim from a blue ship, you get bonus uh, gold. You had a profession where it's like, hey, if you claim from a blue ship, gain bonus gold Mm -hmm. because you have this one uh, player in play. Or if I couldn't get a card, this one I really liked. And you said, I don't see the value of that. But it started paying off. If there's nothing for me to claim, then I got a gold. I really like that one. That one was and I didn't see the value in it, but that happened a lot. Yeah, It, did. it would get to your turn. All cards were claimed or somebody... Uh, bust. Bust. And whenever somebody busts, it's like, oh, I didn't have a card to claim. Thank you. <laughs> I, I agree. Fun little game. I hate that it's going to stay on your shelf. I would prefer it to be in your game bag. So at the end of the night, we can play it. I, you know, I agree. So this is Port Royale from Alexander Pfister. Pegasus Spiel. Again, the Port Royale Big Box Edition has all those sweet little expansions in it. Mentioned it earlier in the show. We've mentioned it a couple times in the show. If you like any of these games, head over to miniaturemarket.com to satisfy that gaming itch. There's gold bond powder will not satisfy this itch. Only miniaturemarket.com can satisfy this itch. They got some of the best prices on games. They have the price match guarantee. Very easy to use. You can buy a game, put it on hold so that you don't have to pay the shipping later. Just send them an email and say, hey, I've picked up these games, release them, 
and here they come. Matter of fact, I just picked up one from Miniature Market and it was on my door within three days. I was surprised at how quickly that game showed up. Also be sure to sign up for the newsletter for those special announcements, being told of all those big sales that occur weekly, and more than importantly, they're proud sponsors of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, so let them know that you heard it here so that they don't drop us. <laughs> <laughs> That's miniaturemarket.com. I won't let her get her away. Donna is back. She is going to also talk about a recent game we played. And actually, it's an escape room in a box. This game is designed, it was Time Drifters, Isabel's story. Da-da-da. She's looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay. This is by Juliana Patel and Ariel Rubin, who I don't, four years ago, they sent us the original escape room in a box that they had designed. Do you remember escape rooms? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've done a couple. We've done a couple, mm -hmm. but they've kind of fallen off the radar. I mean, they're still out there. Yep. They're still out there, but we haven't done one in a while. You know? No. And not like we're going to do one in a while. This is just you and I. I wonder how that, that would work. That would not be fun. <laughs> what do you mean that would not be fun? Oh, silence is golden. <laughs> there you go. So, what, you don't think we would get along very well, that we would escape? I don't think we would, but that's okay. I think they're just designed for more people. I'm not sure that the two people can solve it in the amount of time given. That's right. Now, this one is from Mattel. Um, it was, uh, congratulations to them. These two ladies have put together a company that has really blossomed. And this is the, another, they've got two coming out, two escape rooms in a box. You got Isabel's story, like I've already said, and Kira's story. Now, there's not a whole lot we can say because we'd be spoiling the game. Can we say Kira's story builds on Isabel's story? Well, you got to do Isabel's story first. No, you can't. That's not true. You can, if you do Kira's story and Isabel's story, then you get an unlocked bonus game. Oh. So basically, Kira and Isabel have been separated in time. They're, they're apart. They're adrift in, the, in time. Correct, yeah. And with that... They're in two different time dimensions. That's right. And, mm -hmm. and, and the goal, not giving out too much, is we're trying to bring them back together by fixing the time machine, by solving puzzles. First thing we'll say about this, this is a small box. Components, the little plastic thing that you got unlocked, top notch. I really like that. Yes. That was very cool. But we both have really a well designed. Yes. I like that, yeah. We we got confused by it, but that's okay. We figured it out later. <laughs> but what was our big big issue with this? Um some of the pieces that we needed to be able to look at the images on were the size of, let's say, a nickel maybe. <laughs> they were small. They were small. I had to get out my magnifying glass. Yes. Yeah. Um, Some old people like us just don't have the sight for those small little pieces. No, we don't. It was They were teeny tiny and you needed to pick up some clues on them. Yeah, you needed to know what exactly you were looking at so that you could make some decisions about the pieces. So, but the the images on the pieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That and was probably the hardest thing. And and it messed up a couple of our puzzles. Cuz we couldn't really distinguish 
you know, some of the images on it. And I mean, overall though, I mean, the puzzles are very well designed. If they'd been a little bit bigger, like, you know, the size of a, you know, the old half dollars or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were, um, well, I don't want to gripe on them too much, but yeah, it kind of detracted from it because the, because the puzzles were fun. I mean, the, I, the puzzles were a blast. I thought they were a lot of fun. I thought the clues were very well given. Um, you kind of knew mostly what you needed to do and you could kind of figure that out. Um, I thought it was really, really well designed. I liked it a lot. If it just, those images on the would have been the pieces clearer. would have been clearer. Yes. Yes. And we did. We played this remotely. Yes. With another couple. With another couple. I gave them a uh, same box. I could have given them a different. That would have been funny. No, that wouldn't have worked well at all. Now, what was really funny is when we, when they opened the box, we were like, okay, before y'all start, I got to start the clock. We got 75 minutes to do it. So you don't need to do anything. And well, there's a great big stop when you open the box <laughs> and they just kind of moved that out of the way and started reading things. And it's like reading is fundamental, but stop. Stop. <laughs> we got to do this together. Well, what are we supposed to do? I'm like, okay, read the whole clue. <laughs> you know, there's an introductory puzzle that helps you walk through it, which was well done. Yes. So it was like, okay, we're, we're good to go here. And it was kind of fun watching them because they've never done anything like this. We've never done anything. Well, in a box? Yeah, we did the original. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was a while ago. I don't uh, even four remember. Four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Pay attention. I, I've already said that. So I know. I enjoyed it. I can't, I can't wait. We were going to get them the, I uh, got Kira's. I got two of Kira's. So I'm going to give them another one. Um, the one individual did not like it. He did not. But he has never liked any escape room either, though. Like they've done. Yeah, he said that. He's done two escape rooms, not counting this escape room in a box. And he didn't like either one of those either. And they didn't solve any of them. And let's face it, we didn't solve this one in 75 minutes either. We didn't either. No, there was a. But aside from that, I mean, we did pretty. Maybe we We were needed another like 10 minutes. Yeah, another 10 minutes. Maybe not even quite 10. It doesn't matter because we messed up the the things because of the the images. Right. So we had to figure that one out. That wasn't an an issue. But the other individual enjoyed it. They were, she's like, oh, yeah, let's do this one again. So we'll get her curious. And I can't wait to see how they tie the two two together to get a third challenge. Really good stuff. Really good production. Anything else? No, I liked it a lot. I thought it was fun. Oh, and I think it's um, like reusable. I mean, I think it's something that we can pass on to somebody else. There were a couple of things where we wrote in pencil, so we'd have to erase those. Or that you can go online and print them back out. Oh, that's an interesting option. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they've got it so that you can print the stuff out, which they always do to pass it along. So definitely replayable with others. Yeah, that's nice because the pieces that are in it are um, worthy of being able to continue to be used. You know, you hate to just throw something like that out. Box says 13 and above. I think, I think somebody could be a little bit lower. No, with I, a don't, little help. I don't really think so. I mean, there was a lot of um, reasoning um, and even with the images on there, having, mm-hmm. being able to know the difference in the thing, the questions they were asking. That's, that's true. But it'd be nice to have some young eyes to see the images. <laughs> So, I mean, Maybe I think a it's a projector. great family game. Yeah, I think it'd be a great family game. Four, as he plays up to four people. Uh, I mean, so I think it's a great uh, family game. So, once again, that is Escape Room in a Box, Time Drifters, 
This was Isabel's story, but Kira's story has the similar components. And that was by Juliana Patel and Ariel Rubin. Now, Tony, on this night that you and I got together, you dropped a bag on the table with some goodies I was really excited about. I found some Muppet minis at Walmart. I'm hating you for this, man. I'm hating you for this. I'm now, I got to, I want I want them all. I got to collect them all. Did you know that there was a box that has all of them? You could buy the complete set and it's like sold out everywhere. I believe that. I can't find it. Target's gone. We went to Target again. It's like, yeah, we can't keep those in stock. As soon as they show up, they're gone. So I'm going, when I get back into town, I'm going to go to my Walmart where I pick these up because they mixed them in with a whole bunch of other ones. So they're, uh-huh. so they're all stuck in the back. Now I'll admit I'm missing, I would like to get them all, but I don't have to. There mm-hmm. is one that I'm missing that I have to get and that's Stadler. Yep. Okay. But so when I drop that on here, this is so sad. Here I am watching YouTube videos on how to fill the packets. This is so sad. <laughs> and Tony's teaching me. He says, here, fill this one. What, what, what is it? What do you think that is? And I was like, I think it's this. He went, no, 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 it's that. That's the microphone stand. No, that's his beaker. You know, it's like you, you had it that, and you were right. And you would fill a pack and go, oh yeah, that's uh, I can't remember what it was. That's a such and such. I was like, oh yeah, it sure was. You're getting good at it. Yeah. There's animals drum set. Uh, so, so I'm standing there knowing that we're going to meet and I'm going like, okay, I know Marty's going to want animal. And yeah. from a blind pool earlier, I got Animal. And I was like, okay, so I definitely want to get him this. I screwed up and thought I had a Statler, and I ended up with two Beakers, which worked out for us. Sure. I like Beaker. I like Beaker. And, and then, of course, I got two Waldorfs. Yep. He was one of the easier ones to find based on a certain size cube. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. But I'm like, why, do, why is it? They, they look amazing. You were getting a real kick out of me trying to assemble Animal that was as I was hilarious. really struggling putting that little thing together. <laughs> I'm like, how many pieces, how many Lego pieces are there? What are you doing? What are you doing over there? Stop. I did not realize there were extra pieces. That was what was throwing me off. Yeah. At at first. I was waiting when you pulled the drumsticks off the sprue. I was waiting for a bunch of drumsticks to go flying across McAllister's. I was like, oh, oh, I'd have to go find those again. Uh, That was fun. And we did a little draft. Actually, I don't know that we really drafted because you figured out what they were. But we did split them split them evenly, evenly. And since you went with the ones and went and picked them up, I made sure that you got all the unique ones you needed to try to get you or us at least one complete set. That's that's the goal here. So we're missing we're missing um, for me and uh, and you just need to tell me which ones you just won't because I'm yep. not going to try to do it. Like I said, I'm not going to try to get Janice. I do want Stadler. But what's funny is by being able to tell what they feel like, I I'm standing in Walmart. For 45 minutes, filling these bags. And I know people are walking, why is that old fart standing there? Should we call security on him? You know, I'm just like, man, but it's not that bad. I'm like, I see this watching these videos where these people are doing this. They just, they're that good. They've been doing this. I think this is like series 22, 23, something like this. Oh yeah. They come out these all the time. And people just do this all the time. I'm like, it'd be cheaper for me to go on eBay and get the ones I want. Sure. So I may do that. I don't know. It's, I'm really curious which one's the most valuable on eBay. Have to look that up sometime. I'm sure it's so well just dist- Yeah, I don't know. Uh, something to, to consider. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. Again, I've yet to see them in the wild. Uh, you're the only one that I know that's seen them. So if I run across, I will for sure be buying a blind bag for five bucks. That's That's one of those things where it's the blind bag. It's just like, oh, what's $5 to me? Let's see what I get. 
So, you know, at the end of the year, how we always do our favorite uh, toy hall of fame mm-hmm. where you name out the inductees and then we go over the winners and we make predictions. I didn't realize this, but the exact same place, the strong national museum of play has video game hall of fame. I didn't know I realized that until you put the link. Yep. We're going to start doing this now because they do this in the spring. So they just announced the winners uh, for the video game hall of fame, which includes dance, dance revolution. I would like to see you play that sometime. Never. But just come on for TikTok. It would be funny. Uh, isn't TikTok all about doing original dances anyway? Well, I'm just, well, I'm just for, for posterity reasons, just building it. I think, no, I'm no better. The funnier thing would be if you and I tried to get on one of the big DDR machines, machines where you work together, mm-hmm. that would be hilarious. That would be gold right there. Another uh, inductee was Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Very well deserved. By the way, uh, Dance Dance Revolution, zero issues with that. That game kind of revolutionized the whole dancing. I mean, they're still popular today at Southern Fried Gaming Expo. The dance machines are packed all the time. You could never get on those. People just still love playing those things. So so Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, is that the water dungeon? Yes, it is. That one should never be inducted just for that reason. <laughs> Uh, Miss Pac-Man, obvious, no, no doubt, Miss Pac-Man. I'm surprised it hadn't been in there yet. And uh, a little bit of love of to Sid Meier's Civilization, which I think is cool, which kind of started out the whole 4X style uh, Civ game uh, that we still like to kind of mimic and enjoy on, on tabletop games. I did not know that it was 1980. Mm-hmm. That game is 1980. Yeah, and and so yeah, see, here's the little blurb. Steeped in the tradition of early strategy board games from companies such as Avalon Hill, including one called Civilization from 1980, Sid Meier sought to develop a computer game that allowed it. So it was from the board games mm-hmm. that uh, Sid created the uh, video game to mimic it, and now he's up to like uh, for that version of or that style of game is Civ Six. Did not realize that. And so we're going to have to see who they do. And I guess you can write in people that you think should be nominated. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep an eye on that for next year. Is, it, is this the first year they did this? No, I think they've been doing it for the past several years. If you look, I looked on the website and they've been doing the video games for the past couple of years, a few years. That's one of those where I need to, if I'm ever up in that part of the country, just go there and visit. And we've talked about that. Yep. That'd be a fun place to go to. All right. I need to go get out of here before the dogs start barking again. So Mm -hmm. with that, I'm just going to segue right to it. Keep rolling dice and taking names. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Do not forget, buymeamoonpie.com. You can go there, support the show. We'd really appreciate it. You can buy a ticket to the strike tournament. Uh, Join our Discord channel. Don't forget our live stream on May 27th. We're going to try some freeze-fried, freeze-fried, wow. No, how about freeze-dried durian? Fried durian may be better, though. But anyway, we'll see you next episode. Oh, Marty, let me go over the rules real quick. (laughs) Now it's your turn. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I know how that is. Good watch, though. So, So everybody strap in for the rules here. Uh-oh, here it goes, y'all. Here we go. Hang in there. I will have a comment after this. Go ahead. Okay. So, in this game, you either take a tile or a tile. <laughs>